G'day, and welcome to episode 126 of the Pack of Your Podcast. My name is Hayden Thompson, and today's conversation is with Mickey Talebi, who is the founder and CEO of Ume. Now, before we delve into today's conversation with Mickey, I highly recommend that you go back to episode 95, which is where Mickey and I first touched base and chatted about her startup story and the inspiration behind her business, Ume. And I think that it'll give you a little context to some of our conversation today, and together the two episodes will really serve as a great example of what can be achieved when you commit wholeheartedly to your vision and business. So whether you're an inspiring entrepreneur or you're grinding it out day after day and simply seeking inspiration, get ready to be captivated by Mickey's remarkable journey at Ume. All right, let's get into it. Episode 126 with Mickey Talebi. Let's just kick off into it. Let's go. All right, Mickey, (laughs) welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And thanks for coming on for a second time. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Hayden. So since we spoke last, I believe you've been very, very busy. Uh, The business is growing from what I can tell on LinkedIn and Instagram and everything, which is really exciting to witness. Uh, And I'd love to hear all about it because I think that there's a lot that can be learned since our last conversation uh, for everybody listening out there, particularly the process of scaling a business. So yeah, I'd love to sort of focus on that with you today. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think uh, if my memory serves correct, last time we chatted, we were just about to enter into Georgia, Maine. Yep. Um, and yeah, a, ha- a handful, maybe a dozen or so stores. Um, yeah. So very early days. Great. Yes, it was. very early. Yeah. And I saw you at um, Andrea Gray Grant's um, trade show that she had last year as well. And I think that was probably your first trade show, was it? We launched like weeks before that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. It was all very, very recent. And you know who else I was talking to recently was Dominica Bay, who I know that you've worked with as well. And uh, she was a pleasure to chat to on the podcast, but she spoke so highly of you and, you know, your business being sort of like the template for a great launch. <laughs> I mean, she she's, she has been such a cheerleader and a champion of our business. She... um she tracked me down and was just so adamant and so excited mm-hmm. about the potential to work and really like support us in any way possible. Um, and so, I mean, she, she's, she is such a hustler and a, a huge breath of fresh air. I mean, anytime I just need like a little bit of a pick me up, just chatting to her. Yeah. Um, she really just like puts the wind beneath your wings and, and helps you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I could find see that. that energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. So from that first trade show, our conversation, you know, give us a sort of a status update on where you are with Ume, the doors that you've opened up and sort of, yeah. Wh- what's going on over there? How are things going? Absolutely. Um, a lot has changed. I, I mean, uh, we've had lots of really incredible wins. The stores that we've gotten into to date, I would say the ones that like really were on my radar and goals. Um, so Georgia, Maine was was mm-hmm. just on the cusp last time we spoke. So that includes IGA and Fresh Street Market. Nature's Fair happened, Choices, um, Spud happened. And our latest like really big win has been Whole Foods Market, which was a huge- Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that was a really big undertaking and feels amazing. Yeah. Um, for sure, a pinch me moment when I go in there and and have a visitor badge and I'm doing a demo. Um, it's unbelievable. That's really cool. A lot of people see Whole Foods as sort of like a benchmark for their success. You know, I see it so often on LinkedIn. What was it specifically about Whole Foods that was sort of that benchmark for you? 
I mean, I think everybody just holds Whole Foods so like in such high regard. Um, I know that their quality standards are impeccable and mm-hmm. even just going through their onboarding process and the rigor that they that they really hold you to um, for every single component of onboarding, whether mm-hmm. it's the food component or the insurance or mm-hmm. um, just every single detail. And so, I, yeah, I, I just... Um, I have that much more respect for everybody who who has their product in Whole Foods. And I think also because we, as much as we have done some work to to try to make our product more accessible, we've done a bit of a price reduction. It still is a premium product. And Uh so the clientele at Whole Foods typically, I think, is more open to being able to invest a little bit more in the shopping that they're doing. Um, So it, it feels like a good fit for us as well. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um, speaking of pricing, so did you go out there and sort of analyze where you were currently sort of, um, you know, sitting in comparison to what you consider your competitors? Um, how did you sort of, um, you know, analyze it? And what was it you're basing all of those decisions off? It was a little bit of that. I mean, I think that we always priced ourselves um we definitely tried to factor in all of the correct margins. And so it wasn't necessarily that we just thought, you know, we'll just take some more margin for ourselves and, and see where that lands us. We we priced ourselves um, according to being able to just survive in this industry. That being said, we launched with an organic tofu product. And when I was doing demos, I found um, as much as organic is the gold standard, the, the biggest hurdle for most consumers, especially during this economic time is the price point. Um, And so we really, we really battled with this. And I even consulted with Dominica. um, Mm. And, and at the end of the day, I think trying to make our product just a little bit more accessible was um, the biggest priority for us. So we went ahead and decided to use conventional non-GMO, but we went and and did our whole non-GMO project verification. So we mm-hmm. have that certification now, which I think is a really big deal and invested in that rigor. Mm. Um, and with that in mind, we were able to offer um, a little bit of a price reduction yeah. and make our product a little more accessible, which I hope I hope helps out. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's such a balance, isn't it? Like when you go out there and you do all of your market research or even, you know, the values that you hold as a consumer, you know, mm-hmm. you write this list of all of the things that you want your product to be. And, you know, you hold these things at a very high sort of esteem. And then when you actually like put, you know, the rubber on the road and you do your market research and you're out there and, you know, talking to people, how did you find like, you know, what was the feedback that you got or did you get any feedback at all? Did people notice? So most people don't. That was the thing that really surprised me. Of course, I'm not going to please everybody. And I Mm -hmm. know that that's just the name of the game. Um, But really, like for most, price was the biggest hurdle for them. Um, And I think, I mean... I would encourage everybody to do their own research and and Dr. Matthew Nagra is a really great resource to turn to, but um, there's lots of feedback out there that, you know, as long as you've got the non-GMO verification, Mm -hmm. it still is a really healthy product. And um, there's good literature out there to suggest that uh, it's, it's not, you know, organic is not a black and white sort of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are pros and cons to the way that farming happens um, for both cases. And so at the end of the day, my understanding, um, and I could be <laughs> opening a whole can of worms here, is that like, you know, being non-GMO is still is still great and Very organic important. sometimes yeah. just hurts your pocket a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I experienced that um, in the coffee world where I came from. 
Um, you know, there are some amazing farmers over at Origin in most coffee growing regions that grow their coffee to an extremely high standard and yes. use organic farming practices. However, they're not certified organic because of the expense of it. And so then costly. It mm -hmm. is, especially at a farmer's level, you know, um, and the lengths that they go to to get that certification, it doesn't always make financial sense for them. But you can source it. You can source some amazing product out there. And for a lot of people, like, you know, um, when we talk about coffee, like coffee is, a, is you know, such a huge uh, agricultural crop that's grown around the world. And I'm sure, obviously, I don't know what this actual data says, but I'm sure that soy is right up there as well in terms of like a right. top producing um, agricultural crop. But, um, you know, one of the major concerns and why a lot of people feel that organic is valuable is because, you know, back at origin, you know, you've got your kids running around the farms, you've got the water, you've got the health of the soil and all of those kinds of things that people do, you know, find really, really important that is really important. But like I suggested, like there are farmers out there that are farming with organic practices, but they're not mm -hmm. certified. And yeah, I think it's a decision that everybody has to make. But yeah, I totally understand why you made that decision because you do have to grow your business. And at the end of the day, unless you're doing that, you're not going to have a business. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's a really yeah. tough time. And yeah. I mean, we see businesses all around us, um, unfortunately, folding and really strong supposedly viable businesses um, that, that, you know, you wake up one morning and you're like mm -hmm. just stunned that that business has folded. Yeah. Uh, and so we're trying really hard to just like make really thoughtful and strategic decisions. Yep. And, and I do hope one day, you know, with the economy of scale that we could add a line extension and offer yep. conventional and organic. Um, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. And be able to absorb that cost. But right now it just, you know, it all, it all rolls, rolls downwards mm -hmm. um, towards the consumer. And so we're really trying to do our best to just keep a level um, mindset around yeah, what yeah. works for us and what works for the consumer. Very mm -hmm. cool. How are you finding all of your SKUs holding up? Are they all selling at an, an even rate or is there one more in particular that's a favorite? How are you sort of like finding that? Yeah, it's interesting because when I'm at the storefront, when I'm doing the demo, maple soy is always the crowd pleaser and I mm. see it coming off the shelf much faster. Mm -hmm. um, but when our distributor places an order, typically it's pretty evenly distributed. Mm. So certain stores, I guess, are moving different SKUs faster than mm. others. Mm -hmm. um, right now, the summer months, the Greek one seems to be a little bit more popular. Mm. Now the salads then, <laughs> are ramping up. Yeah, for salads, sure. Totally. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Mm -hmm. Do you think that people buy the product based on the color <laughs> as well? Because that's such a beautiful blue. And if I'm looking at something, I would like gravitate to the blue and just pick that up and walk with it for sure. Even though I would love all of your flavors, but there's something about the blue that I really love. That is so interesting, Hayden. I actually yeah. never, I should do a little more research. That's such a good point. I wonder. Yeah. Um, I know like when little kids come up, they like the red one yeah. and the red one tastes good. It's got a little fire truck red. Yeah. Fire truck red. Um, for sure. yeah, yeah. But, but, oh yeah, I should, um, I should, I should do some research around that. Actually, That's interesting. All of your SKUs are prime colors, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, we've the, the light colored one is a little bit more of a cream color and then we've got the red and the blue. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I love mm -hmm. prime colors like that. That's awesome. It has um, served us well. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, actually, um, remind me who did your photography? Um, Abby. 
has done our photography. She's Happy. been amazing. Okay. Um, I can send you the information. Um, yeah. She's just incredibly talented. But yeah. Packaging was Tyler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I just had Dodge Jamal, who is a, a product photographer, and uh, that was a great interview. I recommend anyone out there who didn't listen to it to go back and listen. It was really, really cool and informative. The photography style that um, you went with is very, very similar to hers as well. It's very cool. Ooh, okay. Mm. I'll have to take a look. Yeah. No, for there's sure. some there's mm-hmm. some talented photographers out there. That's for sure. That really, you know, um, they sort of help you define and leverage your brand. Like this vision that you've got, they sort of just like they sort of nail it, you know, if they've got it's the huge. skill set. Yeah, it's huge. It sort of defines you. It helps you build out a beautiful website. Where are you going with your website? Have you managed to make any, you know, for, further strides there or is it, is it sort of settled on how it is at the moment? I mean, for now, I would say it's more or less settled. I am definitely exploring um, navigating our locations section because we've added a few more locations. So to make that a little bit more user-friendly and have more of a map um, where you can locate with like with some pins or something. Um, But but I would say, I mean, maybe in a year or so, we'll do like a 2.0 version of the website where we have, um, because it's more of like a scrolling platform Uh right now. And, Uh um, but I would like to be able to just offer a little more insight as to like the founder's story um, and and some more context around how the product just came to be. And I know that's something that a lot of people have have observed and, and would be keen to know more about. Um, So that's, yeah, I would say that's on the horizon, but it's not like imminent right now it's not our first priority yeah for sure and i mean i'm looking at your website right now and it's got everything you need on it it's not as if it's lacking anything you know what i mean well i'm glad thank you (laughs) yeah and i mean my opinion is very irrelevant but as a consumer if i was looking at this i'd go you know what what am i looking for you've got your flavors you've got your beautiful photography you do have all of your store locators but it's just keeping that up to date which would be really hard hey because it's just like a tile pattern Absolutely. So yeah, I'm going on there every couple yeah. of weeks and just updating, updating it, it and <laughs> trying to keep it as relevant as possible. That's a job in itself, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a job. For sure. For what sure. platform did you use? Is this Squarespace or? It's a Squarespace. Yeah. yeah Squarespace is good, isn't it? I've built it's a website on Squarespace before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I like about Squarespace. Um, so, you know, if you're on the Squarespace website, you can actually access developers who can help you refine your website. Have you ever leveraged that? I haven't actually. Oh, yeah. That's great to know. It is. Yeah. Anyway, I was back in Melbourne when I was um, working on my website for my business that I was running at the time. I was using a guy in New York and like back then we were Skyping. It was really funny, but it was amazing. Like, you know, because these websites where they're very user-friendly and intuitive to build a website, they're kind of limited. And if you want to move something a couple of millimeters one way, or, you know, you want to mm-hmm. sort of refine something, I didn't have the skill set to do it. So it was really cool to work with somebody that had that capability. And uh, yeah. That was cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, the person, Tyler, who like designed our, our logo mm-hmm. and our branding, he helped build the website. Cool. Um, so I, I can't take credit for how everything looks, but yeah. um, I do update the locations. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no, it's been great. But that's great to know just for, yeah. you know, minor details here and there yeah. that there's that service. So Yeah. No. And that's it's not it. a Squarespace service. I think it's like if you've got the skill set and the capability I believe that you can advertise your services as somebody who's sort of Squarespace certified. You know, they've sort of oh, got their own sort okay. of, yeah, certification that they can get. And then, I mean, it's been years since I've looked at it. It may have changed, but who knows? Very yeah, cool. That is cool. <laughs> so how are things in the world of distribution? Are you just working with one distributor at the moment or have you brought on another one to sort of extend you out further than their first one's reach? 
Yeah. So we, um, I just listened to your podcast with Randy. We're working Randy. with Nationwide. Oh, awesome. Um, Randy's such a good dude, isn't he? Fantastic. Their yeah. whole team is just like amazing. It's been, yeah. I would say that they're our first sort of official distributor. Okay, cool. um, and it's been an incredible um, experience working with them. And mm. then just a few months ago, we also did sign on with PSC uh, okay. to leverage a little bit more presence on the island because mm-hmm. that's really um where they have a strong that's their stomping ground isn't it yeah that's their stomping ground yeah. yeah and so just to make it a little bit more accessible for for the folks on the island we are working with psc and that's been great too yeah beautiful mm-hmm. yeah that's cool and uh how's how are things picking up on the island are you finding that you know you've got a name and a reputation that's preceding you and you've found that you've got some good sales or have you had to really get out there and do some sampling and so on out there too so I like that's for sure on my radar and and just figuring out how to make myself available to do all yeah. of the sampling. That's yeah. a whole other other ball game in itself. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely on my to-do list to get out to the island and and really um show some love out there. Uh-huh. It's I would say it's been um a slow organic sort of growth on the island, especially because we waited a little while to onboard with PSC. Yeah. Um and and to be, you know, if we're being totally honest, there is also Soya Nova on the island and and they've cultivated like a really great um, presence for their product, oh. especially being on Salt Spring Island. So yeah, cool. I think that uh, it takes time for people to try a new product. And mm. sometimes we're sometimes they view our product and they think they automatically assume it's a cheese because it's in a it's in a beautiful box and it's branded yeah. differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's it's definitely slowly coming. And cool. I think that we recognized that at Planted Expo when we were there for the second time this year and people started to recognize the product and, mm. and notice it and have tried it or are curious about it because they saw it in the grocery stores. And that uh-huh. was really cool to see. That is cool, isn't it? Yeah. How was the Expo? How did you find it? I thought it was great. Um, I mean, we had we had some really good traction. Uh, we were able to showcase a collaboration that we had with Nightshade and do mm. like a, a limited release of our seven spice um, tofu that we made only for Nightshade, but we sold yep. it that weekend. And so that cool. was a really great, um, unique feature for us to to add to our roster. And uh, no, it, like it was a great experience. We had great energy, had all the family join us and help out that weekend. That's um, awesome. How good. many blocks of tofu did you get through? Oh my gosh, how many blocks of tofu did we get through? I can't even answer that off the top of my head. Dozens um, and dozens. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was we moved quite That's a, a good bit sign. of tofu, so it was yeah, great. <laughs> no doubt. Did um did you pair it up with anything when you were sampling? Or do you just have it on a toothpick? I really wanted to pair it up with something, um, but my husband and mom were the ones that were chopping up the tofu behind behind the behind scenes. the scenes yeah and I proposed it to my husband and he was like absolutely not like we can't even keep up with the samples as yeah. it is so there's no way we're dressing it up in any way yeah, and yeah. I mean to their credit I think it's also and and this is why I sample it just the way it is when I'm doing demos mm-hmm. I think it's really important to pe- for people to try the product just as it is and understand what they're getting themselves into mm-hmm. um and then once they're at home they can dress it up and, and add you know whatever they want to make it a meal yeah. but I think it's nice to just understand exactly what you're buying and know that like this is what you're going to get straight out of the package yeah and it does have flavor and it does present itself really well um yeah so yeah that's cool mm-hmm. what was the sort of the major conversation that you were having because as we know trade choice can be extremely repetitive you've usually locked in your spiel very early on in the day and it's just the same conversation over and over and over mm-hmm. again what was that conversation you were having 
I mean, it's mainly it's mainly being able to just describe the product and present mm. it in really quick ways. Mm. Um, so I've definitely locked down like the highlights of each of the flavors. Uh -huh. um, and then if somebody wants to have more of a conversation there, you know, they're curious, like, why did you land into tofu? Mm. I'm sure you didn't wake up dreaming about owning a tofu company, mm -hmm. uh, which they're totally spot on. It was yeah, definitely yeah. an experience yeah. to to get to where we are right now. For sure. Um, and some people are curious about, um, you know, the, the purpose-driven part of the company, which is another piece that we added on to mm. this past year. And, and so plastic negative is a piece that like That's I'm right. really proud of. Yeah, yeah that um, through Lita's and Jackie, yep. we were able to, to figure out how to, to get that seal of approval onto our product. So different, yeah, everybody has a different sort yep. of interest in the yep. product. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm like always happy to be able to diverge um onto those segments of the brand. Yeah, that's really interesting. And what has the feedback been on Repurpose Global? Has it been a good organization to tell you, well, to hit your horse to? Like, have you found that the feedback and the conversations that you've been having with consumers have been valuable? And do people see the value in it? I think people really see the value in it. And I think yeah. we'll start to see even more of that with our next print run. Um, yeah. Cause we're going to do the next one actually really shortly. And, and with that, it'll have like the actual stamps, yeah, cool. um, the plastic negative, the yeah. non-GMO and by BC on there. Um, but I mean, when we are posting about it on social media or LinkedIn, mm. it really resonates. I think a purpose-driven brand resonates um, so much more these days with, with fellow consumers and fellow entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, so the feedback has been really positive and working with Repurpose has been amazing. They, right. I mean, of course, I'm really proud of the social impact that it does, but they're really great at communicating exactly what kind of impact you're making and, mm. and tracking those numbers. So you can pass that on and, um, and really educate the consumer on the other end and let them know that like it, it, it really is. It, it's it a really real thing. Something, it's yeah. a real thing. I know, yeah. I know. Exactly. There's so much greenwash out there that you wonder what is real mm -hmm. and what isn't. When I had Jeff on the podcast, he was he was a representative of um, Repurpose. Mm -hmm. It was a great conversation. I learned a lot through that conversation alone. But yeah, there are more and more brands um, onboarding Repurpose to, you know, obviously certify them as either plastic negative or plastic neutral. And yes. I think it's great, like, especially until we have the uh, the capacity and capability to be able to actually process these plastics mm -hmm. and do something with them. I think that it makes total sense to do exactly what you're doing. Totally. And I look forward to being able to offer an alternative one yeah. day. I'm sure it'll happen, but so do I. until then... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Until then, like this is the least that we can do. And so I'm I'm excited that we can at least do this. Yeah, yeah that's very true. Um, what else did you learn from Planted Expo? Is it something that you can see yourself, you know, turning up to over the next couple of years? Or do you think that going to an expo? And I mean, you've been to, well, I guess you've been to Andrea Gray Grants once and you've been to Planted yes. Expo twice. Have you been to CHFA yet? Yes, we oh, did do yeah. CHFA West. That's mm -hmm. right. And I didn't mm -hmm. see you there. I, I missed you. And I'm so Thanks sorry so about much. that. It was a big day. Yeah, I know. It was a huge day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's your takeaway from trade shows? Do you see them as a really valuable exercise? Do you think that there's sort of a lifespan on the things that you want to achieve? Like, what's your sort of take on it? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, coming away from Planted Expo this year, I mean, I think it's one thing to 
So I don't even think it's necessarily worth participating in an expo like that that's consumer facing until you have at least some retailers on the ground yeah. um, where, you know, they can try the product. They ask, where can I buy this after this weekend? And you can mm -hmm. turn them towards um, the retailer to, to help continue to support the product. So I think that's important. And I was I was really proud of the fact that we were able to really accomplish that this year. We could really turn people towards our retailers and, and we've had some We've built some strong presence there. I think, um, is it worth doing it year after year after year? I think it is worth it if you're debuting something new to really either obtain consumer feedback or just to educate the consumer of what's coming down the pipeline and to keep an eye on this um, showing up on retailers' shelves in the near future. I think yeah. there's worth there. Um, for me, I mean, if if we don't have the opportunity and the bandwidth and the time to present a new product next year, but if we're able to create some presence, say in Toronto, then mm -hmm. I think it would be more worthwhile to invest our funds and our time and our energy, maybe in participating in Planted Expo in Toronto and yeah. and like yeah. taking a taking a beat off of um, the Vancouver side. So yeah. yeah, that's kind of my take on it. I hear you. Mm -hmm. Can't do it all, especially when your resources <laughs> are limited. You've sort of got to be very, very selective as to sort of how you're going to distribute your funds and get the biggest return on your investments. So at the moment, you know, you've obviously invested in a couple of trade shows. Yes. You're investing in further scaling and growing the business. Where are you sort of, what are you finding your greatest expense to be at the moment for the business? And where do you think the greatest returns are coming from? Yeah, that's like such a big question, Hayden. Um, so, so since we last talked, we moved out of our commissary, mm -hmm. which was a great starting point and also like financially just a really good place to be. Yep. But we were, we were playing musical chairs and really just kind of bursting at the seams there, especially yeah. our product is like a hundred percent cooler. Um, and so when you have limited space in, in like the, mm -hmm. in the cooler, um, it's really difficult. So we we've since like moved out to a facility. We're actually sharing with Lita's um, Jackie's Strum. facility. I know in exactly Richmond. where you are. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which That's has a nice been spot. an amazing spot. And it's been like, she's just amazing to work with. And it's been an incredible move for us. Yep. That being said, like it is a bigger expense for us. Um, mm -hmm. And we made that decision with the assumption of being able to grow and scale into it. And so that's something we're working on right now. Great. And then I would say we've also invested a lot in like social media and just marketing our product and building some brand awareness. Uh -huh. And I think um, even Lindsay would say like, it's really hard to measure your ROI and something like uh -huh. that. It, it just takes a long time to see that. Yep. I would say it's working. Like I think we're getting some good traction and, um, yep. and, and we have like really great support within our community and cool. we're just trying to be consistent with that and, and can continue to grow it. Yeah. Um, but that's our, those are our two biggest pieces yeah. and, and we're like, you know, going on the assumption of continuing to grow and scale. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And so what does growing and scale, like growing and scaling the business mean? Does that mean growing into other provinces? You mentioned Toronto before, but like what kind of plan and vision do you have? Yeah, I would say, I mean, yes, for sure. Like growing across the country um, mm -hmm. is definitely a vision that I have for the product and um, being able to just build out a team and, and hire and, and, and uh, take some of those resources off of our shoulders and, mm -hmm. and be able to like build that out to other people taking that on so that we mm -hmm. can work a little bit more on the business and not in, in the, the business. business. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, but definitely like being able to grow across the country. I know that Ontario is is for sure um, something that I would love to be able to um, tap into in the near future. Yeah. And of course, um, as many other brands, also being able to build out some presence. I don't know when that would be, but build out some presence in the U.S. Yeah. Um, strategically, because I know that's just a beast in and of itself. It is. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, I would love for that to be something that happens one day in the future too. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, when you made the decision to move out of the commissary and move into the space with Jackie at Leaders, are you sharing the same space? Like, is it the same kitchen space or have you sort of got your own segment of the building? We've got our own segment of the building. Yeah, cool. It's kind of like beautifully split down the middle and we okay. have one side and they have the other and we've got oh, our nice. own um, manufacturing component and she's got hers. So um, yeah. there's really like, very little crossover yeah yeah cool. um yeah yeah it's great nice mm-hmm. to have your own space hey it's like when so you're living great. in a share house i don't know if you ever had the experience of living in a share house <laughs> i did a couple of times <laughs> at some ski hills and like there was one time when i was living with the first i was living with eight people and that was mayhem the fridge i could never find fridge space the bathroom oh was goodness. always crazy yeah and then the second house that i moved into was when we moved to calgary and that had 12 people in it we had the basement. Yeah, hectic. And yeah. then the second season I did was up at Big White and there was something like, I don't know, I think there was like eight or ten people in that house. You've done as this well. a few times. Done yeah. it a few times. That was a long time ago though. That was like a decade ago. <laughs> and I'd never do it again. So I really appreciate having our own fridge. <laughs> I I totally yeah. hear you. I mean, even at the commissary, like it's it's simple things like, you know, the dishwasher. Yeah. Just working with so many different products. Ours yeah. is a really simple product, but then yeah. you you're lining up behind a really complicated product oh, yeah. that's greasy and dirty yeah. and like yeah. like meat products and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it's just it's really annoying, right? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Or just to wait in line and um and that kind of thing. So yeah, washrooms are cleaner, just everything in you general loved it is really moving nice. Out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're finally moving out of home. You know? I know. Yeah. It's bittersweet. I mean, I loved yeah. everybody and it was like a really good learning opportunity. And yeah. Yeah. Everybody was um, so friendly and so oh, supportive. Sure. Yeah. So that was like, I, I definitely miss that, but having our own space and breathing room and just room to grow yeah. um, and, and having like control over the cleanliness of the mm-hmm. space and all of those pieces are mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So you mentioned before that you want to start working on the business rather than in the business. Do you have any employees at the moment or is it just the two of you going at it at the moment? You it's and your just husband. the two of us. It's yeah. just the two of us. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's full on. That's a lot, mm-hmm. especially with the kids as well, hey? Yes. <laughs> when do you find time to do this? Uh, I, like uh, all hours of the day, you yeah. know, like I wake up and try to have a little bit of, of movement for myself and I'll yep. read like a few pages of a book. Yeah. I'm reading Mike Fadas right now. Oh, cool. How are you finding from, it? Oh, it's great. And it's, cool. you know, it's not a huge read, but for me, um, it just like... I'll read a couple of pages and then it's like, all right, time to get focused yeah. on the kids. Yeah. They go to school, then you do what you can. And we're yeah. very fortunate because we rely on my mom and my mother-in-law uh, to, awesome. to pick up the kids and, yeah. and pick up that slack. Um, I would say yeah. four out of five days. I try to do pick up at least one day a week, yeah. but, yeah. but um, it's, it's, you know, coming home after a demo and then focusing mm-hmm. on them again, putting them to bed and then back to work. So yeah, like us on. now. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is it. This is a yeah. prime example. Yeah, for everyone yeah. listening out here, out there right now, we kicked off this conversation at 9 p.m. and it's currently 9.30. So, yeah, the kids are down. They're fast asleep so we can finally talk. It's cool. After yeah. bedtime, exactly. After bedtime, yeah. It's the thing to do. You actually um, just posted something on LinkedIn about, you know, working as an entrepreneur and a mum as well and, you know, finding that balance in life but also, you know, being okay with the fact that there are going to be piles of laundry that do tend to get on top of you in life. That I find is something that my wife and I struggle with, you know, like when things start to get a little bit behind, like we, we don't like it, you know? I hear you. Yeah. It's the same for me. Like it, and, and my husband as well, like mm-hmm. we, for sure, things have been, um, we've let go of a lot because mm-hmm. we, we used to be like, you know, every weekend you're going to clean the house. Yeah top to bottom and laundry is going to get folded and the groceries are going to get bought mm-hmm. and everything is like back in mm-hmm. order and tip top shape ready for Monday. And that's not reasonable. Um, but there's for sure a limit for how much we can let go of oh, because, sure. yeah. because your mind just gets so cluttered. <laughs> and uh, for me, it's the laundry. Like if I see it just sitting up by the kids' rooms in mm-hmm. a bu- in a big mountain for, mm-hmm. for several days, like I've just got to let go of work one night and focus yeah. on just getting that out it. of the way and just tackle it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not perfect and it eats away at me sometimes. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, I think we're just like doing our best. That's yep. all you can do. That right? is all you can do. Yeah. I mean, there are certain things that we absolutely keep on top of. Like I can't go to bed at night without the kitchen being squared away. You 100%. know, like it's not going to happen. Like 100%. the dishwasher is washed and I put things away and starting fresh in the morning is like, if I don't do that, I can't start the day right. It's, no, but, I'm the same. Know, yeah, mm-hmm. but like the, the washing. always made. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, exactly. There are certain things, but yeah. then there are other things that you consciously have to make a decision. It's like, all right, I'm choosing to put this on the back burner right now, you know, but once upon a time, it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's 100% it. But yeah. Um, yeah, when you're adding a business onto your plate, like something Ooh. else has to give. So yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Otherwise your mental health will, you know, that's what will give. That's yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So let's get back to the business. So tell me, okay, we've talked about like you obviously having the aspiration to scale and grow the business. And I feel as if you've got a really clear vision on what that looks like and, uh, and the sort of the next steps forward that you need to make. Um, Where are you at right now in terms of like some mistakes that you've made over the last 12 months? Have there been any sort of like, you know, points in the, along the road that you've gone, holy shit, like this is a tough decision that I need to make or anything that you could have potentially have like steered you off the side of the road. Like where are we at right now in terms of decisions that you've made or um, mistakes that you've made? Decisions and mistakes that we've made. Um, I mean, I, so I could for sure speak to one of them, but I like, mm-hmm. but in terms of like my, my general perspective, I would say like, I really just feel like there's always something to learn from all yeah. of these decisions that we're making. Um, and I think some of it is just like, you're learning as you go, which I 100% am doing. So NNF definitely like was our very first distributor, but we did do sort of a pilot run with another one initially. Um, and it was like an agreement just to launch into into one store. And I'll keep right. it high level because yeah, I don't yeah, want sure. to speak ill of anybody. Of but yeah. um but but with that one, I think that like I was I was still learning and and didn't necessarily know what kind of due diligence that mm-hmm. you should be making or understand um how distribution even works. And so um they just like onboarded us and right away like went out to the stores and 
And um, the retail price at the store level was just was way higher than it should have been. It was, it was like way off. And after, you know, trying to get some sales reports and understand like, what, like, why is this happening? You know, I understood what margin they were taking. We understood what price we were sending it at. Um, There was just like a miscalculation of, of how much margin was being collected at certain points across Uh the way. Uh Um, And so I think I just really regretted, um, and I don't even know if like I would have obtained that information in advance, but I think I regretted maybe we went into it too hastily mm. um, and didn't do enough due diligence. Um, and, you know, there was like requests to to go like further out and, and present the product more. And and I kind of was like, no, no like I just want to really see how this plays out. But um, you can't keep tabs on everything. And like, lo and behold, I, I started to learn like, oh, it is, it is present in this store and it is present in mm-hmm. that store, um, which is frustrating because as the brand owner, when you call that store and present your product and they say like, oh, actually, you're no, already we here. love you're it. Already We're already, you're already here. Like, it just looks so poorly on you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so for me, like, it was a very uncomfortable decision mm-hmm. to like pull back on that and have to retract so quickly. And it, it doesn't look good to flip flop um, on distribution either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like, that was definitely like a big lesson for me. Mm-hmm. It also was a, a really big growth opportunity because I don't like uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think like, the role that I've typically assumed just as my own personality is like, I'm not confrontational. I don't, I, I shy away from conflict and like, I'm not the authoritarian figure um, as much as I am, you know, the CEO and founder of this company, like that's not the the personality that I assume. And so having to have this conversation and kind of hold my ground and, um, and, you know, my decision was really firm in, in pulling back our, our brand from this distribution. Uh-huh. Um, I think like I learned a lot from that and it was super incredibly uncomfortable, but mm. um, I think was the right decision for us in the end. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know if I fully answered your question. No, no, you absolutely have. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> these things are really complicated at the best of times. When you feel that you're in a stressed position like that and you have to stand your ground, be firm and have that tough conversation, I feel like me personally, I I have some sleepless nights. Like, But the way that I work through it is I write things down, you know, I'll write down my thoughts, you know, Mm -hmm. to really grasp exactly like what it is that I want to communicate and how I sort of want to pitch my idea and get it across is how do you operate? Like, how do you work through those moments? Yeah, for me, that's ideal. On the phone is is the least ideal for me. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, if if you're speaking to somebody high up, they just want to get on the call and and talk to you. And that's challenging for me in an ideal situation. Like I will draft a response. Uh-huh. I'm going to send it to my husband who is yep. also part of the company and yep. deals with all the operations yep. and he, he, he vets it and he'll like, you know, if it's too passionate, he'll tone it down. Or if it's, if I'm not being assertive enough, he's like, you know, you could just call it like it is and, uh-huh. and be a little bit more blunt here. Uh-huh. Um, and I find that really helpful. And then once like, you know, he's had eyes on it and I've had a chance to, to really read it back after, after both of us have gone back and forth. Um, then push it through and hit send. I find like for me, that's the ideal situation. Uh 
Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I feel that, and this is my observation of you and your business through LinkedIn primarily, that you've really surrounded yourself with some really good people, you know, whether it's Andrea Gray Grant or Dominica, and they're just two prime examples of some people who are, could you have any two, like two stronger people in your corner? You know what I mean? And so, yeah, do you refer and bounce your ideas or, you know, how do you sort of... um, work with mentors or coaches to some degree and the value that you found in them, if there's any sort of insights there. I'm so grateful for the people that I, I don't know, like if it's serendipity or if it's just the way that I landed into this business that has um, like the, not to sound super woo, but like the the vibration around just Mm. how all of this started. I think that like, we have just been so fortunate to have really good people around us. Mm. You're right. Like Dominica, amazing i learned mm-hmm. so much from andrea gray grant um mm-hmm. just kicking off this business um and even jade like i i straight, oh, jade up, from I straight up cold called jade like That's before cool. i was even yeah before i even had a product i was tinkering in the kitchen and, yeah, and like yeah. she's truly a mentor and um if i'm having like really difficult situations and and especially business related yeah. like you know this store is asking for this like is this normal yeah i will call her up or text her and and she is so gracious with her time and i would mm-hmm. say like we're really dear friends as well that's cool um, i had her so, on the show there was a great chat i know I it was lovely yeah. Yeah. yeah uh and so that's really amazing um and even like you know i have somebody else jay he does our social media and, and yeah. marketing yeah cool like and I was going to say, you know who introduced energy. us? You know who introduced us was Sarah from Chewies. And as Sarah well. from, yes. Yeah, I forgot yes. she introduced us until right now. Yeah, that's okay. true. There are so some yeah, strong Sarah's people in your amazing. corner. Like yeah. Aki from Save to See also, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can I can email her. And and even just the other day, I, I emailed her and she was like, yeah, I've got time tomorrow. Like, let's chat. So um, you're spot on. Like, I have just really amazing people that yeah. I can turn to for advice. And it's, it feels really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like they've been at it a little bit longer than you. So yes. you can sort of, you know, really sort of like there, where would they be? So you've been at it for just over 12 months, call it. Yeah. Is it, yeah. And they're mm-hmm. probably like two, three, four, five years into it. Even Jackie yes. from Leaders would be a great resource, you know. A hundred percent. And these mm-hmm. women have been at it and they have made mistakes that they can help you sort of navigate so that you don't have to make those same mistakes. How valuable is that? It's pretty cool. Uh, it's invaluable. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Like even Jackie, you know, our office mm-hmm. is like, like we share a wall. Just knock and on the so door. <laughs> I will just knock on the door and I'll be like, Jackie, like, yeah. is this normal? And, and yeah. it's just so reassuring to be able to turn to someone that has yeah. like a little more season behind them and that yeah. you can just, you know, yeah, like bounce ideas off of. And and they're so great at like reassuring you and grounding you or, yeah. or steering you in a certain direction where like you just don't have to waste your time doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's huge. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, there are a lot of business owners and operators that are so tied up in their business that they don't see that there is a network that they can leverage, you know, Absolutely. even LinkedIn, like I just think about my parents and I mean, they owned their business years ago, mm-hmm. you know, when there was no LinkedIn, the internet was just sort of starting to get traction and the business wasn't even digitized. It's nuts. And, uh, but I think about it and like, they didn't really have a network around them. Like they were, so my, my parents for everybody listening out there that don't sort of know my background is I started working in my parents' business when I was 12. Um, they had a fast food outlet in a shopping court um, food court, like a shopping mall food court. And, uh, it was awesome. Like it was such a busy humming business, like every day wow. for a line for five people deep 
um, lunch trade was insane. The weekends were nuts. Yeah, it was a great business, like really, really good. But I think of it and I'm like, they were working so hard on that business. And, uh, you know, they were just like so caught up in the operation of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, especially when you see your parents in the thick of running a business, you know, yes. it's such a valuable insight. Like you get to be around the dinner table and hear the conversation yes. straight out of the horse's mouth. You get a really good appreciation for the work that's required to make a business operate and the dedication, the financial input that's required and the lack of financial in- like output that can sometimes happen and, you know, all of those stresses. And so, you know, being involved in that business from a young age was amazing. And I hope that your kids have that opportunity with you too. Cause like, it's, it's just, it's something that unless you have that exposure, it's really, really hard to um, appreciate. Right. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, having that network of people around you, I think my parents could have really have done with that at times. And yeah, it, there's, there's no sacrifice. There's no, substitute for it there's mm-hmm. no substitute for it I agree like I think that we just have so much at our fingertips whether it's mm-hmm. whether it's LinkedIn or social media mm-hmm. um even just like access to our phones like a zoom like mm-hmm. you know this mm-hmm. this kind of platform never existed being able to reach out to somebody just at a moment's notice that yep. that did not happen mm-hmm. um and so it's it's for sure like a very different era that we're in and I feel and just like the female founded group yep. I don't think that you know, had I tried to present a product like this um, 10 years ago, like it just wouldn't have flown. I think it's just such a different culture right now. So yeah, 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 I agree. We're living Mm -hmm. in a pretty cool time. We do. Yes. So what do you foresee as the biggest challenge that you're going to be confronted with over the coming years for the business? What are you sort of preparing for? And what if you got your eye on and go, that is going to be a challenge? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably going to be a continued evolution of what I'm already confronted with Mm. is, um, you know, it's at least for my product, I, I feel very lucky, like it's not necessarily challenging to get the product into the retailer. We've been blessed with that. Um, And I mean, we've got great support getting it off, but really like where the work starts is getting the product off the shelf. And I think a lot of people, they, they, they see what's going on. um, And they think like, wow, like, you know, she's in this store and this store and this store and this store and like, amazing. It's amazing. I would agree, but, but really being able to keep tabs on like, how is it doing getting off this, getting off the shelf and Mm -hmm. what can I do to support that, um, you know, are the promos happening correctly? Is the product being reordered on time? What does that look like? Is it, are the dates being ordered? Like in terms of first in, first out, all Mm -hmm. of those pieces are, are just really challenging. And as you grow, um, you know, I just wish I could duplicate myself, that I could be in more places at once and and really like stay on top of this. And so my biggest piece is as we continue to grow to like, balance out the appropriate opportunities to scale with the appropriate resources to keep up with that, I would say. Um, and, and really just to continue to encourage, um, you know, to, to give enough attention to each retailer and then to encourage our consumers to really recognize that, you know, if you have the opportunity to really support your local products, to turn your attention to the local ones, as opposed to the ones that like, just have really deep pockets and, um, and all of those pieces. So yeah, Yeah. those are like my goals right now. And I think they will be goals for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. As a business grows, what can you foresee yourself holding on to? Like what component do you love in the business? Yeah. Yeah. 
I really love um, interacting with the community. Mm. I thought that I would be petrified of that part of it and and just like not being the face um, of the business being the face of the business mm. yeah like um just being able to interact with people understand what's really meaningful to them and and what the product is doing for them like i have actually really enjoyed that component of it um i do enjoy being in front of the product and demoing it i would maybe not do it as often as i'm doing right now and like taper back a bit um but it's still really helpful to just like get the consumer's feedback and really understand um how they're appreciating the product or if they have, you know, constructive feedback too, like all of it mm. is really helpful. So um, those are the pieces that I'm enjoying. I would say like the, the, the ins and outs of like the promotional calendar and monitoring um, the, the details of sales, which I'm still learning. And it's mm. like a huge learning process. Uh-huh. Those pieces, maybe I would be okay to let go of um, when the time comes, but yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Have someone present the data and the information to you. I'd love that. <laughs> That'd be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned Mike Fatter and his book. How is that yes. book? Has there been any sort of like really insightful tips that you've uh, managed to pull out of that book so far? So I've just started it. Okay. So um, I would say that like I need to get a little bit get stuck deeper into, into the book to like yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just finished Shoe Dog, and I'm very behind the times. I think Shoe Dog like. You know, I've never even much, heard of Shoe Dog. Oh, it's it's the story behind Nike. It was amazing, oh, actually. Right. Okay. Yeah, and so I found that that to be like just a hugely inspirational. Yeah. Um, and also just like entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, bef- behind the founder of Nike, and so yeah. got that off my plate. And then next on on the list was to read Mike Fata's book, and I I just cracked it. Yeah. Good for you. So I'll That's get back awesome. to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, we did a case study on Nike when I was at uni. And I can't really remember the specifics, but yeah, no, it's it's amazing it's how fascinating. it's fa- yeah, how you like look at what the business is right now. It's like a just it was phenomenon. Yeah. So touch and go for so long, which I found. Um yeah, I it was found the waffle iron. The what he had the waffle iron that he produced the sole of the shoe with, didn't That's he? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he really revolutionized um mm. the shoe, but but like just running the business and the amount that had to be invested into it mm. and and just, you know, being able to stay above water and like mm-hmm. reading what a roller coaster it was, it's um, it's really eye-opening how all of these businesses that at surface level, you you think like they're doing amazing, they're rocking mm-hmm. it, but but behind closed doors, like it's just touch and go for so long. And um on one hand it's reassuring and on one hand it's terrifying because you think like, gosh, it just takes it takes a really long time for a business to be viable. Yeah, there's no but, such thing as an overnight success. No. No, I would agree. Yeah. And I think that everybody's road is naturally going to be sort of up and down and windy and so on. And, you know, it's never sort of like that perfect hockey stick or if your totally. screen's gone that way like that, <laughs> you know, so it's, it is refreshing to know that everybody's on their own journey and everybody has their own challenges, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any mm-hmm. other books that you'd recommend? Um, I was on a different podcast and um, I spoke about, gosh, her name is, I think it was Indra Indra Nui, and she was the former. I'm going to get it wrong, but she was the former president, I would say, of Pepsi. Pepsi, okay. and it was. I really loved it because she talked so much about balancing motherhood, um, and also you know having this 
just significant role Corporate, at such yeah. a giant corporation yeah. um, and how she was able to balance that and also just like how imperfect, um, yeah. you know, going through that entire experience was. So I'll find the correct name for you and let you know. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, shoot it through in an email yeah. and I'll pop it down in the show notes for everybody yeah. to pull the book up. Absolutely. Yeah, those kind of stories, they, they are inspirational, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I gravitate towards them because I just mm-hmm. like, I just need to be able to relate to these experiences and understand mm-hmm. like what, you know, what we go through as entrepreneurs is normal yeah. and it's okay and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, For sure. Outside of business and in life, like what inspires you? What what kind of things do you draw inspiration from? What kind of things do I draw inspiration from? Um, I mean, there's not that much room for no, I know. right now, but, but like it's, I think that like my husband and I, when we're having kind of a rough moment, like our kids really are what drives us right now. Um, because I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that you sacrifice, um, financially and also just like in terms of like your bandwidth and your time. Mm -hmm. And so like we, we, he often reminds me like, you know, that's why we're doing it. Um, because it can be really challenging. And so I would say like, you know, what drives me is I really want to set an example for them of mm-hmm. um, if, you know, if you're not content with whatever it is that you land into, it's not too late to change it. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely am later in life to be starting something brand new um, and, and to let them know that like, you don't just have to settle for whatever the status Not quo at all. is. Like you can, yeah. you can start something that really fires you up and pursue yep. that. Yep. Um, and worst case, it just doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then nothing is lost. It's easier said than done. But I would say like for sure, like that definitely motivates me is just to set that example. 100%. And in the same way that your dad is your inspiration, you know, yes. and for the business, you're you're going to be your kid's inspiration. You know, just like my parents were, like in mm-hmm. terms of their work ethic and so on, like, they are sponges. They're watching you and your they husband. Are sponges, yeah. yes. And we'll like they dread coming to the facility with us, but sometimes it's got to happen. <laughs> um, but you find yeah. them like they like doodle on the box. Oh, yeah. and like this is the maple soy and this is the just smoke and I'm selling the Greek and they yeah. really are sponges and yeah. and like they're just emulating everything they're observing yeah. around them. So, that will yeah. that will have memories. They're with the fondest memories, you know. Yes. Yes. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's yeah. very, very cool. I'm glad you said that because my wife and I, like, we obviously have two kids. We've got a third on the way. My wife's pregnant. At Wait, the moment. congrats, Aiden. Yeah, thank you. That's yeah. huge. It Amazing. is huge. Yeah. And so we're having a girl. Uh, the name's a secret <gasps> at the moment. So we're going to have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a newborn come September, October. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. That's but actually going to come really fast. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And so, um, but it's our kids that we invest all of our time and energy into as well, outside of, you know, the busyness totally. of life. It's like, you look at your kids and you're like, yeah, they are hundred percent the reason why we're doing yes. all of this. So let's actually focus on yes. them. And you yeah. have to. Yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah. like really uncomfortable sometimes and yeah. like, it's exhausting, but, um, I would say like, you know, when you, when you bring that, that into focus, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's what's going to keep you going. Yep. Hey, you know, one thing that I try to do when I'm trying to make a tough decision or like there's something going on in life, I'm like, if my boy, like Zave, if he was coming to me with this same concern or question, what advice would I give him? And then I give myself that advice, you know, because yeah, like, you know, if there's something like, I don't know if there's something at work or, you know, it could be a client or something like that. And I'm just trying to figure sort of, yeah. you know, something out. And I'd be like, if Zave came to me with the same concern, like, how would I 
how would I speak to him and like what advice would I give him? And I find that that's a really valuable exercise, you know? I'm going to do that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like you being like Mama Hen, right, mm-hmm. you would be like if you needed to speak to your distributor and you had one of your kids say, hey, my distributor is giving me some troubles right now, and you'd be like, hey, stand up for yourself, be firm, take pride in what you do. Right. You, and like that conversation is a really valuable one. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I'm for sure going to do that moving forward. I think that's a really good strategy. Yeah, it's cool. Because yeah, you would never you would never allow your children to mm-hmm. um yeah, like your take kids the biggest easy cheerleader. Exactly. Or, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think that's good advice. Yeah. Anyways, what have we missed from the conversation? Is there anything critical that we've missed or anything that you'd like to talk about for everybody out there to know? I think that we cover, I think we've covered a lot. We have. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't, I think, I mean, there's a lot that's happened over the course of this past year. I think mm-hmm. now, like, we're just going to really try and stay steady and, and focus on, on building from what, like what we've established in this past mm-hmm. year. And, um, and I'm, I'm very grateful for the community that we've been able to build around us and um, just would encourage them, like, you know, if they're curious about the product to, Give it a try. Check it out. And and I'm like very responsive over any social media platform that we're present on. And so um, if anybody ever has questions or comments or concerns, like they can reach me and I'm happy to to chat. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, as always, I'll have all of your details down in the show notes for everybody who wants to get in touch with you or learn a little bit more about what you're doing, Ume. And yeah, congratulations on all of the success that you've had over the first 12 months of your business. And uh, good luck for the coming years. Thank you so much, Hayden. It's always a pleasure. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks again for listening into today's episode with Mickey. If you have any questions or comments from today's episode, or you would like to get in touch with me to see how I can assist you with your packaging or packaging equipment, all of the links that you will need can be found down in the show notes below. All right. Thanks again. Have a great week, and I'll see you back here next week for another great conversation. Cheers. Cheers.